Dig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Well, all right. Welcome to HR After Hours podcast, the only HR podcast with a restraining order not to come within 100 feet of Garth Brooks. Do you really think it's going to stop me there, Garth? You know what you did, pal. <laughs> Hannah Hampton. Oh, my gosh. It's been forever. Uh, how the hell yeah. are you? I'm good. I've been enjoying my summer. We took a little bit of a summer hiatus now, didn't we? <laughs> Just to kind of step away, be able to yeah. revisit what we're doing and what we're going to be doing with this podcast and some of its sister podcasts. Because we're going to do things that we still enjoy and are passionate about. So we've got to find ways to keep that energy, but also we want to make a little bit of a difference in things out there. I love it. I love it. And I hope I'm not too rusty. (laughs) The cool thing is I think we have enough new listeners that the last few episodes that we put together that were really re-edits and relaunches of previous episodes, for some people that was new. I don't think they went back that far in our our library. I introduced when I went, I took a trip to Norway and somebody in my travel group, I told them about the podcast and I said, but please don't listen too far back. Uh, I'm like, just, uh, <laughs> just, you're never amazing at something the first time you try it. And I, I truly believe in that. And you stick with things, you get better, faster, stronger. But um, certainly, uh, I hope this person's listening. Hello to you, my new friend. Funny is because I really didn't tell you that, you know, we have one topic that we're going to cover as today's main topic, but I wanted to, I wanted to spend the beginning of this episode kind of catching up. You actually just unknowingly threw me a a great transition. You were talking about the old episodes and obviously Mm -hmm. we learned as we did it, it, not only ourselves as far as our approach and our subject matter, But even technically, there are some episodes I actually just pulled uh, Mm -hmm. from the archives because they were glitchy. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yes. As we've done this podcast and you and I have spent more time really discussing subject Mm -hmm. matter that we didn't always agree on. Yep. As I've learned more and really worked on listening more than I speak even though by this podcast, you would never know that. I've admitted in the past that you've definitely influenced some of my takes on things, Mm -hmm. whether it's corporate America, politics. I've definitely shifted. I I consider myself a centrist. I measure my happiness by different things that I did in the past. We've grown as we've done this together is what I've tried to say in the last three minutes. (laughs) But then I thought about something you and I could just very briefly cover in this this little transition time Mm -hmm. is that's obviously happened in our professional careers as well as HR managers and HR professionals. So I want you to kind of tell me, and I apologize for putting you on the spot. When you first transitioned into HR, because almost no one starts their career, especially at our age in HR, it seems to be a destination after uh, various journeys. Sure, of course. But tell me a little bit about when you first got into HR and what it meant to you at that time, what you thought you were getting into, uh, how that's changed over the years. Well, I definitely, yeah, that's a great question. I, so I actually, how I got into HR was I, I worked in sales, I worked for a company that did online job boards, so job posting. So I spent my days talking to HR professionals and I was so fascinated and interested in what they were doing. And one day I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. So 
uh, from that point, I, I was, I basically made it my goal to get a job in HR and, you know, I've got it, I've, I, you know, I need to take a step back and sometimes look back with gratitude because where I am today is like something I wanted so badly. I worked really hard to, you know, to get my foot in the door, which sometimes, and I see that a lot nowadays, it's hard to even get your foot in the door because there's so much competition and there were so many layoffs in the talent acquisition space. And I started my career in a recruiter role and I got my my foot in the door doing campus recruiting and honestly I just I personally I wanted to soak it up like a sponge I wanted to understand I wanted to kind of get a taste of things and then after about four years in the talent acquisition recruiting space and again focusing on campus recruiting I jumped into the world of like being an HR generalist and you know honestly I went into it you know, I look back and I'm like, I didn't know shit. And I went into it just wanting to be like in the, in the HR world and wanting to be good at it. But honestly, I didn't know anything about it. So I spent a lot, like the first, I don't know how many years just learning, understanding, getting my HR certifications and just trying to get as much uh, uh, knowledge soaked in as possible. And now that I've been doing this for many years, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, uh, you know, I can't have to say, you know, I would I change anything? No, I feel like definitely HR's where I'm supposed to be. But there's a lot that I just didn't know about HR is the reality of it. And a lot of people are like, oh, I got into HR because I'm a people person. I'm like, that's great. However, <laughs> it's way more than just being a people person. You sometimes have to be the bad guy. You sometimes have to push people outside of their comfort zone. Uh, sometimes there is a little bit of lack of respect for the HR departments. And I'm sure everybody says that about their industry, but certainly I feel like HR is one of those where uh, HR has a bad name and you might get into a situation where at a company, everyone hates HR. So you've got to change that. So it's it's more like, I didn't know shit about HR and I did it anyways. And I know so much. I would, I would go back in time and be like, Hannah, you know, here's some things that you should consider. Here's some things you should understand to help kind of get me up to speed a little bit faster. And that was quite the journey. So uh, hopefully I answered your question. <laughs> well, you did. And you actually answered almost all the questions I had for you. The last thing you just said was my next question. So I, all I'm going to ask you to do is really mm -hmm. expand upon it a little bit. Yeah. What would you tell a young Hannah Hampton today who had just started her career in human resources? Yeah, for sure. I would I would tell her, especially because I did start in campus recruiting. So I consider that to be, you know, an area of HR, but certainly the focus was on, you know, the candidate experience, event planning, organization. So it was great skills. But at that point, I probably would have dug into, okay, you want to live in the HR world, uh, learn a little bit more outside of recruiting, outside of campus recruiting, so you have a better understanding of the HR industry as a whole. Because honestly, I you know, hadn't spent time on those other things until I actually got into an HR generalist role where it's like, okay, now I have to understand compliance. I have to understand benefits. I have to understand, you know, laws. And I'm like, and, and having, jumping into the deep end with like little water floaties versus like jumping into the deep end with like 
you know, more <laughs> in a, with a boat or something. I feel like I could have set myself up a little bit better, faster, stronger had I had a little insight of like, okay, yes, you got your job in recruiting, but really look at the industry as a whole and spend some time learning it all versus just the focus. Because I think what typical, the typical HR, I don't want to say typical, but I think a, a usual HR path is people are generalists and they learn about the different pieces of HR and then realize that they want to focus on something. So then they start really becoming experts at benefits comp and comp or at recruiting or whatever that might be so that they can really focus on kind of growing in that area you know, but having an understanding of what you like, what you don't like. And, you know, it takes time. And I certainly there's parts of HR that I think are the best. And uh, that's what I would, you know, as I continue, if I decide I want to specialize, like I know that those are those areas I'd want to be in. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I would tell Hannah uh, to just dig into the whole the whole HR world. I like it. So I, I we've received quite a few emails kind of asking us, a little more basics, things like how did you get into the industry? What would you tell someone breaking into the industry? I think that's such a like that's a question I see on on HR boards all the time. Like I'm a new grad or I'm somebody who loves human resources and I really want to get my foot in the door. What did you do? And, you know, my thing is like it stinks, but sometimes like start at the bottom, like find an HR assistant role. And again, I started, I was a junior recruiter. You know, I think I got hired because I did have some experience, but you know, I started uh, doing like a, a, a very much a support role where you are, you know, doing kind of the admin, doing the, you know, doing the, I don't want to call it grunt work because that makes it sound bad because it's all important, but literally doing the admin work for somebody who's focusing on more strategic ideas, but it's a great way to get your foot in the door and it's a great way to learn. The problem is, and I think a lot of people will agree with this, it doesn't pay a lot. So if you're somebody who's like mid-career and you have got to make a certain amount of money, it can be really difficult because I feel like I've seen roles out there that are entry level, that just the pay is, pay is not good, not good at all. I feel like HR is, it's more of a craft then yeah. it is it is an industry because you you learn the most by the jobs you take the people you work with the relationships sure. you cultivate if you're willing to just be a sponge yeah, yeah I, I think most people I've spoken to I would say if you're trying to get into it straight out of school or younger mm-hmm. I, I think the two big ways to get in are as an HR coordinator slash uh, admin mm-hmm. or recruiting. I think mm-hmm. either one and mm-hmm. recruiting is at different levels. There really is a, a, a direct relationship for a lot of people between sales and recruiting. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, it's funny. I kind of look at myself as I have a lot of friends in the industry who are more of that slick recruiter and I've never been the slick recruiter. I will undersell before I'll oversell. I'll really get to know you as much as I can to see if it's really a long-term fit. I use more of an HR approach to recruiting before I knew that I was using an HR approach to recruiting. Mm-hmm. But I, I tell you, from I, I started from the recruiting side after getting out of uh, business operations, retail, hospitality, and I learned every every move I made, I learned something different. I was very fortunate to meet a lot of great HR managers and VPs throughout my career. 
honestly, I can only think of one in particular that I, I didn't care for. Really, I didn't care for that person because they didn't do the work. They, you know, they passed off their work. And I think to be good, you've got to do the work. Sometimes I'm bad. I'm, I don't delegate enough to my support roles because I want to really dig into it. It's just like you said, I, 15 years ago, you could have, you could fill the Grand Canyon with what I didn't know about mm-hmm. human resources. Mm-hmm. Today, you could fill the Grand Canyon with what I don't know about human resources, <laughs> but I feel like I've thrown some knowledge you yeah. know, down crevices. But it's really been by when someone's willing to talk to me, whether it was going out for drinks after your conferences or whatever, I would ask all kind. I mean, I wanted to know how did you get here? Yeah. What do you think is the best part of our industry? Where are we ahead? Where are we behind? You know, where do you see the future of the industry going, et cetera? Because I just wanted to know. And even when I was dreading the compliance, the the legal things, mm-hmm. I still looked at it as chances, uh, opportunities to partner with different departments and learn more about what they do. So maybe I can integrate more with that department and, and we can yeah. kind of make it HR's kind of at least a little part of everything. You have to as an HR, like if you want to make it an HR and get the respect that's deserved, you have to understand the business and you have to understand the various business units. So that was the right thing to do because not only are you learning about how the business like runs, you're you're building those great relationships. And then if they see you caring and trying, that's going to earn you a lot of respect. And I think that that always worked to my benefit. I've always done that in, in companies I've worked for is just spending time with the business units. And even though they're like, you know, you get responses like HR is never asked me these questions or, or, or shadowed me or whatever it might be. And, and my response is, well, shame, <laughs> for shame. They should have because that's, you can't, you can't strategize and be a, have a seat at the table and be a really great partner to the business if you don't do those things that are absolutely necessary in understanding how business runs. Because, you know, you're there to, to help solve problems. You're there to help, uh, you know, just make the company efficient and help people be as successful as possible without like burning them out. So you can't do that unless you truly spend time ground level with every, you know, every uh, business unit, various employees and just having those discussions. Absolutely. I mean, you've got to learn anytime you want to make a difference in your company, You've got to learn what's going on in the other departments yeah, and and not just what do they do and how do they do it, but how do they feel about what they're doing and how they're doing it. And what are their problems? What are some of their roadblocks? I mean, it's, there's so many pieces to the puzzle. You can, cause it's, it's really easy for somebody to be like, well, I'm an expert HR and I think we need to do this for recognition. I think we need to do this for, you know, engagement. But if you don't know, like what, if you don't truly understand the culture, if you don't truly understand the problems, you can throw 8,000 different solutions you know, at at a problem and not like actually be attacking what's truly the issue. So you can't just be like, oh, well, I came from a different company and we liked X, Y, Z. Well, great. But this is a different company. This is a different business unit. These are different problems. These are different like strengths. These are different weaknesses. So it is really, truly like you have to work hard to understand uh, the business and the people who are running the business, the people who are doing the work of the business. So there's just a lot of knowledge 
HR really needs to collect. And I know like in that, I feel like even saying it out loud, I'm like, oh, that's scary, but it's important. And I think it's how people are successful and just not being afraid to, to get in there. I agree. I mean, I feel like if you're trying to make true change, you've got to study the blueprint, right? Yep. Studying the blueprint is really figuring out, well, why does this hold this up? Uh, mm -hmm. What can I change without completely destroying the integrity of the building? Mm -hmm. Maybe you think a certain department is the core to your issues, and then you go in and you get to know the people in that department, and you find out that there's something that's holding them back from how right. they really want to do it. And then you find out they want to do it the right way or the way that you know, think you can work with them and help them move something forward. You know, I'm going to get a little geeky and I'm going to say, if someone didn't really study the blueprint of the Death Star, what? how would they know that those two little holes were how they could destroy it? They'd have no idea. <laughs> Luke wouldn't be just sitting there using the force down that narrow tunnel with R2 on the oh back making noise. So I, I think there, I think basically we agree that if you want to make change, you've got to learn as much as possible. You've got to pick people's brains. You got to put in the work. It's so easy for people to come in and just be like, eh, you know, but no, you ha and it, it's not always easy and it's not always glamorous. And I, but I don't think anybody would ever call HR glamorous. It's not it's not always easy, but is it worth it? Absolutely. And, and it just for me, uh, nothing makes me feel better than when somebody comes back and says, yeah, HR, I feel like HR is a partner. HR was here to help here to help. And it's not that HR is a scary department. And there are, I mean, it's, to this day, there's still articles published out there. It's like, HR is not your friend. I hate HR. And it's like, okay, well, are you saying that the IT department is your friend? Like, it's, we're still a department. It's, you know, I'm like, uh, the operations department is not your friend. You know, you don't hear that. And it's just because, you know, HR is a totally different thing, but it's a necessary thing. And it's important thing to, to, to the success of a company. If you want to make the company successful while providing a better quality of life for the people that work for the business, you've mm -hmm. got to get to know everyone. You can't just yell it to yell it to play. You know, it's got to mm -hmm. be how can we all work together? Because it's got to be a win, 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 win. Every department has to not take on more workload. And it's, you know, no one wants to take the blame for why things are the way they are. We mm -hmm. just got to figure out. Okay, let's all figure out in each department, what can we do to move the business forward, retain top talent by providing them a great quality of life to where they are working to live, not living to work. And just giving them a great employee experience. And that's my experience is my favorite way to describe it because, you know, it should be an experience and it should, it should, I feel like that kind of gives it a bit of a positive spin. You know, it's like you're having, I'm having a great work experience. And I think we have all had, we've all, I hope we've all had some great work experiences. And I know that we've all had some really shitty work experiences. I can raise my hand and talk about that uh, another day. But I certainly hope like that should be the goal of companies is providing a great a great employee experience. And it's just sometimes it's scary and it's sad to see people talk about, well, my company only cares about profits. They don't give a crap about us. Like we grow the company, we're the ones doing the work and we get celebrated with a pizza party. And it's just like, wow, you know, like that's, I feel like nowadays the pizza party is that sign of like a bad workplace. Like 
you get a slice of pizza for for growing the company and making it even more successful when the, the, the guys at the top are lining their pockets and you are just getting a pizza party. Like that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish sometimes I wish our listeners heard the things we talk about before we start recording or when we're catching up. We're both, we're both revisiting our, our, some of our life choices and lifestyles and both doing things (laughs) that are healthier. You're doing a lot more yoga. I'm do, I'm doing a lot more meditation and, and some other service work and things that are kind of helping me get my head where I want it to be. And one of the things you just mentioned, and again, this isn't where this this topic was going to go. When you talk about having a great experience, I now look at everything as the human experience. Yeah. And part of the human experience, I feel, if you want to have a, a good one, is doing positive things, creating, you know, positive energy, positive work environment, positive reinforcement. I think that for the first time, it's not considered very cultish or wacky to say things like you you can manifest things. You put you get back from the world what you put into it, things like that. You know, people talk a lot about those type of things. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's much more common and accept it you know you don't get as many eye rolls as you would have 10 years ago by starting to do that type of speak and i even watched uh, i went back and watched the last dave Chappelle netflix comedy special the closer and he was talking about all the battles he's had with some of the things he said and the reactions and attempts to cancel him he he talked about someone who was very frustrated with him and they just looked at him and he, he just she said to him just stop you know, I don't want to hear all this. Don't you understand? I'm just trying to make it through this human experience. I'm having a human experience. That's all I want to do. His reply to that was, so do I. Yeah. So I think sometimes if we really put as much effort into our work and our learning and into the people piece and getting to know others or just respect that they're having that human experience, which at this moment's their work experience, start seeing it from the the other side. You may even change really some of your goals on what you're trying to get out of working with that department or that individual, because mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. that's when you're really listening, is when you're respecting them as a person that's having a similar experience to you and you're standing across from them or on the phone with them or DMing them. Stop and think about if they were the one in your seat, respect what they're saying back to you. Give it as much passion as you're giving what you're saying to them. And I guarantee it'll change how you interact with people. Well, you know, Hannah, I really didn't know that we were going to get some good content and meet here talking about, you know, our approach to HR and how to be successful. So what I want to do is we originally were going to jump into the next topic about companies offering worker etiquette classes. I think we should make that, uh, we're going to call this the end of part one. I think we're going to split this up into a two-parter. So I love it. I love that you gave, you know, some real personal experience in the field. I hope that others really think about it. But I, I think the key here is, you know, learn as much as possible. Talk to, you know, take those opportunities when you're given the chance to work for great people. And then ultimately, not only will you be successful, but then you'll be able to what, Hannah? Put the human back into human resources. Couldn't have said it better myself if I tried. <laughs> Hannah Hampton, always a pleasure. And I look forward to talking to you more on part two. 
Yeah, me too. Take care. Bye.